Well, this is one of my favorite things to ever teach, so um, I'm just so happy to be with you. I want to give you a couple of um, goals and tell you where we're going with this. Um, you have notes, so if you, if you didn't get notes, there are notes available to you, so we're going to co- try to cover every learning style possible. You can raise your hand if you don't have them, and, and some folks in the back will bring them to you, so keep your hand up until they come and give you the notes. There'll also be a PowerPoint which follows along with your notes. And then um, at the end, we're gonna demonstrate it. Ron and I are gonna demonstrate it and have um, Steve and Trina come up too. And then we're gonna release you and you're gonna practice it. So we're gonna cover all of those things. But the goal of this model is that the person feels the love of the Father, okay? It is not necessarily healing. It is that the person feels the love of the Father. That the only proper foundation in doing this is love. You need to write that down. (laughs) The only proper foundation is love. So that the person feels loved by God. And then the focus, therefore, is going to be not on you as the prayer. It's going to be on God and what he has for his son or daughter. Okay, so that should be a relief to you actually because oftentimes, how many of you have ever, I mean this sounds bad in in church, but how many of you have ever come to receive prayer and you were having a great time with the Lord and he was speaking to you and you were having a sense of what he wanted you to do. Someone came and prayed for you and then they just kind of kept rambling on and on and on and you thought, I wish they'd stop so I could go back to having what the Lord was speaking to me about. You don't have to raise your hand if that was you. But with this model, that won't happen anymore because you are only going to pray what the Father gives you. You're going to pray short, brief prayers and then that way there isn't going to be any mix-up with what the pressure is not on you. And sometimes when we pray for people, we feel the pressure that I have to pray a good prayer. Oh, what am I going to say? But again, the focus, if the focus is for the person to feel the love of the father, then the attention is on our father and his son or daughter. And we just happen to be the conduit, the vessel, the channel in which he's using. And so the pressure's off us. All we're doing is listening to what the father wants to do. So with that said, let's jump into some definitions. The first, I gotta get used to this, is the word to minister, which simply means to serve or help others in the name of Jesus under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So we're coming as the paralytic's friends, the four friends who came carrying the paralytic to Jesus. We're coming with them to the Lord. The word in Hebrew is the word shereth, which means to serve, assist, or render care to others. And so our point is to simply come with the person so that the father can do something again with his son or daughter, okay? So as we come in, one of my favorite, favorite definitions is this definition of anointing. Anointing is an act initiated by God whereby he bestows favor on his servant and it's evidenced by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay? It is an act initiated by God. Therefore, you can't earn anointing. You can't earn it and try harder and strive for it. You simply receive the anointing. It's an act initiated by God. But we can hinder it by our refusal to do what he says. 
we hear him and we like, you know, I'm, or we're more tentative and we don't follow through exactly with what he's asking. So anointing is really important. And here we see, I can't remember where I am. It says, I believe the scripture supports both an indwelling empowerment of the Holy Spirit and a coming on empowerment of the Holy Spirit, okay? And we see that in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Anointing is for a purpose. It's not to make you feel better. It's for the purpose of releasing the oppressed, proclaiming freedom, and allowing the God to come, receive sight for the blind. And so we operate under the anointing of the Spirit of God. He is the one who we welcome. And that's why even here, last night when, when we were singing in the first song, when we sang Spirit Fall, that I just, oh, that was so beautiful. And, and I guess we sang it again this morning. I keep forgetting my days are running together. But this fall, Spirit Fall on us. We're asking for the Holy Spirit to come upon as well as he already indwells us when we received him at salvation. And so we're asking him, his anointing to fall on us. In Acts 10, it says, you know what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how we went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Again, there is a point and a purpose. Jesus, what he did in his spirit-filled humanity, needed the anointing of God upon his life. Even though he was God and man, he only did his miraculous works and ministry under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so, as we go forward, two things that go hand in hand are power and authority. In the Greek, this word power is the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. It means the ability to complete a given task. And so when we operate with power, but the word that goes with that is the word authority. In the Greek, it's exousia, which means out of essence or out of being. And the word authority means it's the right to use the power. Power and authority go hand in hand. Now, for instance, a gun has the power to destroy. And so if someone came in here with a gun and using, we'd be quite frightened if he was waving the gun around. However, if a police officer came in in his uniform with his gun, even if, he, if his gun was not in the holster, we might be a little tentative going cautiously, what is this guy doing? Or woman, what are they doing? But because they have the training they have the uniform, they have the certification to use the gun, we feel more at ease. God has given us, as his sons and daughters, the power and the authority, the right to use it, because simply because we're his children. And so to not use it is, is to neglect the very thing that we were made for. We were made to walk in the power and authority of the Lord Jesus. As we look here in John 5, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews, and there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, 
and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. And the first one into the water after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease he had. And one was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. When we look at that passage, there were peop, countless people who came there every single day. This man, for 38 years, had come hoping that when the water was stirred, he might be able to get himself in that water to receive a touch from the Lord. And it's interesting, when Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? Part of our healing, part of us in this process, even of receiving prayer, do you want God to actually do something for you? There's something about our will and allowing giving God access, allowing him into our lives, which is really very, very important. He offers, and then the man goes into an excuse, but one of the interesting things is, why did Jesus only touch one man? There were many, many people there. Why did he only do one? And the answer actually we find if we keep going in John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. A number of years ago, when we lived in California, our neighbor across the street, it was quite an interesting situation in that home. Uh, the, the couple that lived together were not married. I mean, they were, yeah, they weren't married, but they lived together. And the father had three children, two boys and a girl. The girl's name was also Wanda. We were both pregnant together at the same time. I was with my fourth child. She was with her first. The difference was she was 14 years old. There was a lot of drugs that came in and out of that house. And one Saturday afternoon... I was home and it was miraculous. Ron was at the church working on his sermon, which he never actually was out of the house on a Saturday afternoon, but this day he was gone. The four children were taking a nap all at the same time. They were actually asleep. That was miraculous. I get a knock on my door and I go to the door and it's Laura. And she comes in. She never had ever done that before. I invite her in, I put on a pot of coffee, we sit down at the table. No sooner had we sat in the chair and the Lord says, share the gospel with her. And I'm like, Lord, you can't do that right away. You know, you have to build relationship. I need to talk to her about how things are going. And the Lord kept pressing me, pressing me, share the gospel with her. And I kept arguing in my head like, Lord, don't you know friendship evangelism rules? Like I gotta, I gotta wait a while here. And he kept praying. He kept, I just kept pressing on me, share the gospel with her. Well, she stayed probably an hour and I didn't share the gospel with her. And so she said, oh, I've, been, I've taken up enough of your time. I'll go back. And, you know, and I said, oh, come again. This was great. You know, let's, let's do it again. And she said, okay. I showed her to the door. 
as soon as I shut the door, I felt such conviction. And I'm thinking, well, what am I doing? Why wouldn't I have shared the gospel with her? And so I repented and I said, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I'll make it right right now. I'll go over there and I'll, and I'll talk to her right now. So I did. I went over across the street and as I neared her house, I could hear the TV on. The living room is full of men watching football, which is why she had escaped, I think, to come over to see me. And so I even, I knocked on the door and they couldn't even hear me because the TV was so loud. So I had to ring the doorbell a few times. They finally heard me. He clicks the TV to silent and every head turns. You know, they're smoking, they're drinking beer, they're watching the football game and pause it for me at the door. And so I'm stumbling and stammering and I said, um oh, hi, Laura, I just, you know, and like, what are you doing here? So I went in and sat where she was across the room, all eyes on me, boom. I sat down beside Laura and I said, oh, Laura, while you were the, you know, I just really felt like I was supposed to tell you how much God loves you. And he goes, oh, he clicks the TV back on. The guys start watching the game. And when I said that to her and looked at her, she got big tears in her eyes. And she said, oh, Wanda, I used to know the Lord, but I've walked away. And he saw her tearing up, and he said, Laura, you said you'd get us food. You're already gone. He goes, get us some food. And I was embarrassed, and I didn't know what to do. So instead of going into the kitchen and helping her, I said, oh, I'll let you go. And I walked home. Well, when I shut the door to her house, from my house to her, to, from her front step to my door, I was sobbing hysterically walking across the street. And I said, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. You couldn't have set it up more perfectly. Ron's gone, the kids are asleep. You brought her to my door. She sat at my kitchen table for an hour. You asked me very lovingly, share the gospel with her. And I said, no. And then when I finally tried to make it right, she was primed and ready. She was primed and ready. Lord, from this day forward, when you impress upon me something to say, I will say it. You want me to do it, I will do it. I'll look like a fool, I'll look like an idiot, but I do not want to ever again have an opportunity like this and not know, Father, what were you doing? I don't know what he was doing because I didn't step into the moment. Friends, you will feel awkward but it's not about you. It was about the father and Laura. And I was the one God chose for that moment. And I said no, because I felt awkward. Don't say no. In the kingdom, there are the people the reason that you walk in power and authority and that your authority increases is because you say yes to the Lord. So you see, intimacy comes out, I mean, authority comes out of intimacy. That is where it's born. So if you want to have authority and to be able to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy, as it says in Luke 10, 19, then you've got to say yes to the Lord. I will say yes no matter what. So moving on. For John, in John 5, 19, it says, for just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he's pleased to give it. By myself, I can do nothing. 
I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. The key to all ministry is intimacy with God. And the result of intimacy is a heart and will to do what the Father's doing. And so we need to ask, Father, what are you doing? Father, what are you doing in this situation? And I'm waiting and I'm ready and I'm available for what you have for me. Let me give you a positive one of of this story, a different story. When I look in chapel, I sit near the front and I love to sit on the side so I can see everyone, just do a scan and I'll just kind of scan the audience and say, Father, what are you doing? And my eyes might fall on a student and I just feel, have this impression it's that one. And so I look at the student and I'm thinking, okay, should I go now? Do I go later? And so if I don't hear anything like go now, I wait. Interestingly enough, sometimes that student ends up right in front of me at the altar at the end of the service, wanting prayer. Okay, nothing like bringing them right to me, okay. Other times, I might be walking on the path, they left, I didn't see them, and I'm walking on the path, and boom, there they are, walking by themselves. And I'll just stop them and say, you know what, when I saw you at chapel today, I just really felt I wanted to pray for you. How's it going? Can I pray for you? I'll go, sure, that'd be great and I just pray right there. I don't even have what I'm supposed to pray. All the Lord said, that one. And so when they come, I'm ready, I'm available. And so there need, it needs to have that intimacy so that you will dare. You need to be a risk taker to do this. But all it means is saying yes. I mean, that's not much of a risk. You might look silly, so what? So what, what's the goal? Father and this person. If God is going to break through powerfully for this young man or woman because I was available and said yes, I can do that. And so can you. What he will ask you to do will be within your ability to do it. It will be within your ability to do it. The question is, will you do it? Will you take the chance? Will you take the risk? Will you follow through? Will you do it? It might be the person at work. I'm telling you, you can do quick little prayers. They're not gonna be long. You're not gonna close your eyes. You're not gonna go into your church voice. You're just gonna keep it normal and simple and you're just gonna pray what the Lord gives you. It can happen, but powerfully because you don't know all along, bit by bit, what the Lord has been doing to prepare that person. And so it comes, again, out of intimacy and heart for what the Father is doing. John 14 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. All right, so there's the theology of it a little bit. Let's get to the actual prayer model, the little steps. Now, let me give you a quick little thing. We have done this with our kids since they were about two or three years old, and we've also done it with children in children's church, and we have motions for children. Let me teach you the motions really quick for children. We come and we clean our hands before the Lord, 
And then we quiet ourselves. Shh. And then we listen. What is he saying? And then we speak it out. So if we can teach a little child to do it, we're adults, <laughs> we can do it. But we have to be willing. I'm gonna keep saying this. You need to risk, you need to risk. You need to dare to do it. So you start by interviewing the person and simply coming forward and saying, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Again, it relieves us from the pressure. We're not doing it. Jesus is doing it. And what do you want? And you're asking the person, so hopefully the person will succinctly say, I want, what did the people in the Bible, I want to see, I want to walk, I want to hear, you know? And sometimes, the interesting thing is, the reason you also have to be a risk taker is people will usually ask for something safe. Oh, I just need strength. You know, I just need strength to stand up under the pressure that I'm feeling. You know, it's like, okay, they're asking for strength, but Jesus wants to heal their broken heart. Jesus oftentimes wants to go deeper, but we're, and we're gonna dare to go there. But we ask them, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And it takes the pressure off us. We have to listen between the lines. With this model, you're listening to the Lord and you're listening to the person. And you are listening to what they might not be saying because no one wants to get rejected and we have all been prayed for and then the person sometimes receiving prayer, perhaps for healing, and then they aren't healed feels pressure to make you feel better as the prayer, and so they say they feel better than they do. You know, we can eliminate that, say, you know what, just tell the truth. What's going on? Did you feel any change whatsoever? And then just keep moving forward. But we don't want the person to feel that they have to feel better because we prayed for them, or that it's somehow their fault that they didn't receive healing. So we interview the person. In Luke 13, it says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. This woman had been to help, been to doctors, trying to receive help, but everyone was missing what was going on. This woman, as it says, was crippled by a spirit. Jesus addressed the spirit first and then she was healed. Now, not every single thing is going to be demonic or a spirit that's doing it, but sometimes things can be related to our unforgiveness, to sin in our lives, to rebellion, to our willfulness. And so you have to be discerning of, of what could be going on here. We're not gonna tell that person, oh, I think they've got a demon. No, we're not gonna say that. You know, don't say that to the person. But you're thinking and asking and, and checking out from the Lord, could it be something else besides just a physical ailment, okay? And then when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those six days, not on the Sabbath. And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? When we come with folks, we come to preserve their dignity. It's not up to them to get healed. We're coming. Again, why? to connect our God 
with them and what he wants to do in them so that they will feel his love and his grace and his mercy. The woman then, sh- then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her? And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So when we come, we interview the person, ask them, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And then we make a tentative diagnosis. What that simply means is why does this person have the condition? And again, it's a double listening to the Lord and to the person. And so we're, we're, we're trying to discern, is it demonic? Is it something that's in their family line? Is it simply physical? And so we go through in that manner. Is it emotional? And so we're, we're checking with the Lord and, um, and double listening at the same time. Then we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Now obviously the Holy Spirit is a person. Um, And we're inviting him to reveal his will, his plan, his agenda, and his power. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into this moment. Now, obviously, God is omnipresent. He's already everywhere. So why are you inviting the Holy Spirit to come? Well, it's called his manifest presence. And whenever the body of Christ gathers together, where there are two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so when we gather it's as if the, the Lord loves, the Spirit of God loves to be invited into that. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, to manifest in this place for these people at this time for this condition. And so his manifest presence comes and shows up in a powerful way, an even more powerful way for this particular person and his or her needs. In Luke 5, one day as he was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick, indicating that there were times when the power of the Lord was not present to heal the sick. Not sure whose faith it actually goes to, but I mean, as far as Lazarus was concerned, Lazarus didn't have any faith because he was dead, but there are times when whatever is going on isn't, there isn't anointing, there isn't the presence of the Lord there, and so we move on. And when Jesus even went into his own town, he said he couldn't do those works because of their unbelief. And so we welcome the presence of the Lord and we go forward in what he has for us. And then we begin by blessing the person. We always want the person, there's so much cursing in our world, so much cursing, as Ron shared this morning with the cursing golfer. Um, But we want to bless the person. And there are specific things that people can be blessed by. And we do this throughout the entire ministry time. Now, what are some things that you can bless people by? It might even be in your notes, but go ahead and shout out. What can we bless people? I bless you with peace, joy, love, faith. The gifts of the Spirit, it's, it's endless of what we can bless them with. And so we just listen and we begin to bless. Begin to bless and begin to bless. We bless them with grace, peace, hope, love. All the fruits of the Spirit. And then as we listen, we continue to listen and wait. With this model, we're going to be comfortable with silence. We're gonna be comfortable 
with silence. We are in a fast-paced, ever-stimulated society now with our iPhones and iPads and everything instant, instant, instant. And so it's very counter, actually, to the kingdom of God where we wait upon the Lord. And I think as the, as the body of Christ, we need to go back to being comfortable with waiting before the Lord. Why does it say so often, especially in the Psalms, be strong and wait for the Lord? Because everything within you is going to want to try to solve it and fix it yourself. Everything within you is going to want to say a good prayer to make the person, make the person feel better, but it's not up to you. You're simply listening and waiting and only praying what the Father gives you for that person. And so we come and we take the situation before the Lord. We pray, we listen, we watch, we keep our eyes open. I know that sounds strange, but we keep our eyes open because oftentimes you can actually see what the Holy Spirit is doing. Sometimes people's eyes will flutter really, really fast. Sometimes they will sweat profusely. Sometimes it will seem like a blanket of peace. You can see peace just come right over them and their bodies relax and they're at peace. Sometimes you can see them receive love. There's countless ways that you can actually see. Sometimes when you pray something, their face, they might make a, a particular face and you can see what the Spirit of God is doing and so we don't want to miss that. So we simply ask the person to feel comfortable, close your eyes, and we say, you know, go ahead and feel comfortable, close your eyes, and even what Pastor Steve said, feel comfortable if you want to put your hands out like in a motion to be open to receive. You close your eyes. Um, do you mind if I put my hand on you? Again, if the, if the point is to feel love, you can feel a tremendous amount through a touch, a simple touch. And we're going to touch them appropriately, probably on the shoulder is fine. And then we're going we're gonna to wait and ask the Holy Spirit to come. And so we wait and we bless them and we keep our eyes open and we have them close their eyes and then we wait. And then you can simply say to the person, I'm gonna wait a minute until something comes to mind to pray. And I say it like that because if the person doesn't know the Lord, they might be, feel a little odd that I'm saying God told me. And so I just say, when something comes to my mind, I'm gonna pray. So I might be quiet for a few minutes, but don't feel, you know, feel bad. I'll pray eventually. And then they're like, okay. And then you just wait. And then when God gives you something, you pray. And you want to make it as natural as possible. And the more you tell them what you're going to do, the more comfortable they'll feel. And so uh, a friend of mine, when, when the kids were small, when we first moved to Nyack, we met at the bus stop and she was going through some tremendously difficult times in her marriage. And we walked the mountain and at the end, we're coming down toward, again, first time I ever did this with her, we're coming toward the house and I felt like the Lord said, pray for her. And I started my, but Lord, and I stopped because I remembered the Lord thing. I said, okay, I'll pray for her. And I knew that she didn't attend church and was probably more toward a Buddhist tra uh, tradition, actually. And I said, okay, I'll just pray for her. And so I said, Lucia, um, you know, you shared a lot of deep things and there's a lot of hurt and pain. Do you mind if I pray for you right now before you leave? She goes, oh, sure, no problem. And so I said, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be quiet for a minute. And when something comes to mind, I'll pray for you. Is that okay? She goes, sure. So she stood there. I put my hand on her shoulder. 
I said, oh, Father, would you show Lucia how very much you love her? Didn't hear any more. Nothing else came to mind. Said amen. She turned, and to this day, I thought I was going to dislocate a hip because she hugged me so hard. She goes, did you feel that? That was the coolest thing. And I said, I said, oh, really? I said, well, that's God, and he wants you to know how much he loves him. She said, oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, great. Thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. And she kind of almost skipped away, you know, down back down to her house. How easy that was to do. And as we continued on, I mean, that was about it in the relationship. I prayed for her a few more times. We went our separate ways. But that was what the father was telling me to do in that moment. And that's all you are responsible for. What is the father doing? This is what he's doing. I remember when we were homeschooling our kids in California and, I, and the woman, the family there were very much new agey folks and, um, and I felt like, I get up one day and I felt like the Lord said, take dinner to Kelly's teacher. I'm like, oh Lord, I can barely get food on the table for our family. <laughs> okay, I'll do it, you know. So I tried to, I made extra and when I went to pick her up at the end of the day, I brought in food and I, and I said, um, I just, I brought food for you today. Here's dinner for your family. And she, she was so, she hugged me. She was so grateful. She said, how did you know? And I said, well, I, I was just in my house and the thought occurred to me. And, you know, I believe in prayer and I, I really believe God wanted you to know that he loved you. And so he just had me make dinner for you. She goes, oh, yes, you are so religious, aren't you? And I was like, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to be religious, but I do love God, you know? And, uh, and so it was just a beautiful moment. The, what, again, what the Lord will ask you to do, make a phone call, leave a voicemail. I've even left voicemail on people's, on the, back then it was people's machines. I've left them voicemails on their phone. And they call me back and say, oh, how did you know? I've listened to this eight times because it's exactly what I was just asking the Lord for. And you just spoke it and left it. I have it in recorded now. And so what God is going to ask you to do for the sake of his children, it, it, again, it's about for the father to his child. And so will you be willing to step into that? Will you be willing to step into it? And so we listen, we watch, we keep our eyes open. And then we're going to be open to a word of knowledge or word of wisdom. A word of knowledge from 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 simply is a piece of information that we receive that we could not have known otherwise. It's supernaturally given. And a word of wisdom is a, is a application to a situation that you, wouldn't have, you could not have known otherwise. And sometimes the way it comes about, I think we take credit for it. You know, sometimes we're talking to our friend or we're talking on the phone to someone and we're listening to them and all of a sudden we say something that's like, wow, that sounded really good. Like, wow, maybe I'm smarter than I think I am. Have you ever done that? And, and it's like, no, 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 it wasn't us. I believe that was a word of wisdom from the Lord for the situation. And so we need to be realizing that God is always wanting to speak to us and even more so to his children. And so we want to be open to words of knowledge and words of wisdom as they come. So very specifically now, how do we get these words? What do they look like? First of all, a simple word or phrase comes to mind. Some people see it in their mind's eye. Some people actually hear it. 
Let me just say again, with all of these eight or so ways that I'm gonna show you in the next few minutes, all of those are under the umbrella of his voice, okay? Because people say, I don't hear anything, but then they see things. And so it's all under the umbrella of voice, okay? And so a simple word or phrase comes to mind. And again, when you get that, when you're praying for someone, the next step is, okay, Father, how do I pray this? How do I make this into a prayer? And then as you wait, you just keep waiting, and then usually there's an impression as to what that's supposed to mean, and then you continue with the prayer. So a word or phrase comes to mind, and then seeing a picture with eyes of the Spirit, okay? So again, it might just be you saw a quick picture, and you might describe what is in that picture. It could also be a a, a vision, or it's more like a video clip, okay? So it looks like you're just watching a video clip, and you just describe what you're seeing. Sometimes I've seen things and, and been praying for a woman and said, I see a little girl in a field. There's a stream. She's picking daisies. I'm just exactly saying what I'm seeing and sometimes the person is responding and then later when I ask that was you were describing my backyard wherever I went to play after I had been scolded or whatever you know and so you never know how it's going to fit and so you just go and continue to describe it as you're praying for the person it could also be a song or scripture that comes to you Now, the song doesn't have to be a Christian song. It doesn't have to be a hymn. It can be a secular song. If you can sing, go ahead and sing the song. If you can't sing, maybe you shouldn't sing the song because the person might not enjoy that. Um, But you can say the words, you can sing the song. And sometimes I even get, um, I hear a tune in my head and it's, it's almost like I'm seeing a ticker tape with the words and I'm realizing, oh, that goes with the tune. And so I just sing the words to the tune I'm hearing. And when the words stop, I stop. And so, again, the reason you need to go for it is because people have sung songs their grandmother sang to them, you, you, you know, when they were a child. My grandmother sang that song to me every night before I went to bed. You know, that was the song that I came to know the Lord 25 years ago. I mean, how could you make that up? How could you make that up? And yet we're trusting again, Father, what are you doing? He's like, I want, I want them to remember that song when they were a little child. And so he's gonna give that to you to do. And so you're just gonna be willing to go for it. Another way is a pain in your body that is not yours. There have been times coming into a, a situation where... Um, you were fine when you walked in, and then all of a sudden, a part of your body is, is hurting really, really bad. And unless you're in tune with it, which it might be for somebody else, you might think, oh no, I just twisted my knee, you know, and think it's you, when actually it might be a word of knowledge for someone else. And so you need to, to, to recognize that and be willing to, um, to ask and see what the Lord is doing. Oftentimes for me, uh, when I'm praying for a student at the altar, I'm fine. As soon as I put my hand on them, I feel despairing, severe depression, suicidal. I've never been to suicidal in my life. And I'm, it's just overwhelming. I'm like, whoa. And I begin to describe how I'm feeling. Lord, I, I break off this despair, 
that is like a pit in the depth of this woman's stomach, I cancel it out in Jesus' name. I rebuke this. I cut off this spirit of suicide that would come against her to cause her to take her life. And I keep talking and praying until the feeling that I have goes away. Then I stop and ask them what's going on. But they're, and they're usually crying hysterically at this point um, because it is exactly describing how they're feeling. So depending on who you are, your personality, all sorts of different things of the way the Lord might give you what he wants to do for the person. And so a pain in the body actually might be the way that that works. Sometimes a spontaneous utterance, it just kind of comes out of you. And one time Ron and I were counseling with a woman years ago and she was going on and on about her husband and we're all thinking like, come on, she does this every time we get together, you know. And Ron, you know, he can have his ADD and kind of get antsy or whatever. And I saw him move in his chair and I thought, oh no, he's going to say something, you know, because she, she was still talking. And he sat up in his chair and he, and, and he just said, you know what, the situation is you're having an affair and it's with Tito. And all three of us just kind of looked at each other, jaws dropped and thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe he just accused this woman of having an affair and he named the man. And she fell out of her chair onto the floor and said, you're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Spontaneous utterance, boom, it just came out. And then she repented and then we had something to deal with and there it was before us. Now, you got to have courage to do that one. <laughs> and I don't know that he'll make you do that one for the first time out of the, out of the shoot, but again, you've got to be willing. And so oftentimes, even with that though, there have been times when um, I feel like I get a lot of hard words and, you know, it might be lust or it might be pornography and I'm like, oh Lord, you know, and I give them anyway. And I was early on, I was like, Lord, why do you always give me the hard words? And right back, I felt, I felt him say, because you'll give them. Because you'll give them. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I've since learned that you can pray the opposite spirit. <laughs> so if it's lust or pornography or something like that, you can pray for purity, sexual purity, that this person will be a man of integrity and will say, you know, you can do all sorts of things. Um, but, and sometimes, too, we would like probably um, that you pray with the same gender, and so, but sometimes the Lord is gonna give you things for someone of the opposite sex. What I like to do with that is I would always take an elder with me or someone that I knew was, was good at praying and hearing from the Lord, and I would say, you know what, I have a prayer for Bob. Uh, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray something. Will you come with me? And then I would just go. I would pray what I got and then turned it over to Bob, and Bob continued on with the ministry time. And so again, in that way, I was able to pray what the Lord gave me, and then, um, and then just turn it over to a man to continue it. And so that way, there wasn't anything uncomfortable, but uh, there are times when you have, to, you have to do what the Lord is giving you. And sometimes those also are for intercession later, whereas intercession is much more detailed and longer. We're keeping our prayers short in this ministry time. Okay, short, quick, to the point prayers, okay? A person or situation reminds you of someone or something else, almost a prophetic parallel. So uh, Ron was praying one time for a young lady who came and, and he thought she looked like his niece. 
And he said, okay, I'm going to go for this. Is your name Kim? And she said, yes. And he's like, oh, wow. And he's like, I'm going to keep going. Are you a school teacher? She said, yes. Kim was a school teacher. And so he, he just kind of waited and had a sense from the Lord that uh, she was struggling with something. She said she was struggling with something in her job. He just prayed for her, prayed what the Lord gave him. She went off and uh, came back later and said that she had been struggling to um, decide whether or not she was going to keep her job or write children's books. And as a result of that ministry time, she decided to have the courage to quit her job, and she went in and wrote a children's book. Well, in between that ministry time, and then it was summer, and she had gone, and then we had moved. And we had been in Nyack about a month and a half, and we got a package in the mail, and the woman had sent her first children's book and said, thank you for praying for me that day. This is my first uh, book in a series that I've been signed for. Um, And so all because she looked like his niece. And then later when he looked, he's like, she doesn't look anything at all like my niece, you know? (laughs) But in that moment, that was what the Lord had brought to his mind as to how to do it. The last one sounds a little bit interesting. You know it in your knower, okay? It can either be the knower here or it could be a knower here, however you, you tend to know things. But just an impression that this is what I'm supposed to say, impression that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so um, in all of these different ways, again, in the way that your pathway is, in the way that you, you connect with God, uh, the way that you think, all of these. And so sometimes there's pictures, sometimes there's songs, sometimes there's words, sometimes there's scripture, all of these ways. And, and it's never the same twice. It's not like, oh, I only get songs. <laughs> no. You've got to be open, but to know that the Lord wants to get his point across to his son or daughter, and he's going to give you whatever way you'll, you'll seem to listen, okay? So we take the situation before the Lord. We interview the person again as needed, okay? So after we've prayed for a while, we simply stop and say, tell us what's going on. What do you see, sense, hear, or feel, okay? So that kind of covers everything. When we were praying, which of these things seemed to land for you? And they usually say, you know, when, when that person prayed that, that really meant something to me. Okay, and so you, you interview them. And actually, it comes straight from Mark 8, which uh, is the passage where the story where Jesus, um, where Jesus was praying for the man and it looked like trees. He said, what do you see? And he said, I see trees. He was praying for his eyesight. And so Jesus prayed again, and then the man was healed. So if Jesus needed to pray a couple times in order for the man to receive full healing, we might need to pray a couple times, or three or four times, or however many times, but be willing to ask, because the person will tell you, and hopefully, if you have made it safe enough, and the, pers- the pressure is not on the person to feel better. Sometimes I'll even say, that we're like, well, what do you see, sense, feel, or hear? And you can see by the look on the person's face, they're kind of like, they don't dare to say nothing. And so they, they, it looks like they're kind of trying to make up something to make you feel better. Like, you don't have to make anything up. Did you not feel anything or sense anything? And they're like, no. It's like, okay, great. No problem, we'll just pray again. And see, I'm a waiter. <laughs> I will wait with people. Um, when Ron and I, if there were people lined up across here and Ron started at that end and I started at this end, I would be lucky to be the third person by the time he prayed for everybody. <laughs> and that's just our personalities. It's the kind of the way we are. He just kind of gets it and goes and I'm waiting. 
and I'm waiting. And maybe, maybe the Lord gives me harder ones because I'm willing to wait, I don't know. But there was a young man in, who's now an intern for me, actually, and I took him to a conference um, in town, and he wanted prayer. And so a couple of other men came around him and someone else from our team, and the men kind of prayed some stuff, but I knew there was more. How did I know? I guess it was my knower. I just sensed there was more for him. And so they prayed and then they, they just kind of left. And I'm like, I'm waiting. I sat there with him for probably another 15 minutes. I was with uh, the other woman from my staff, so it actually was two, two women on one man. Uh, and we were just waiting. And then the Lord just gave me something that cut to when he was a little boy. I don't even re- fully remember what it was, but it, it cut right to his heart. And he broke And he just started sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And that was it, that the father wanted to go to that deep place, but for some reason, we just had to wait a little while to get there. And so don't feel rushed, don't feel pressured to produce. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and wait for the Lord. He will come, he will show up for his children. And so don't forget the basics as well. Okay, salvation, repentance, renunciation, forgiveness, restitution. Sometimes, depending on the situation of what the person is going through, there will be a sense that the person, if, you, if the person shares, you know, I, I want something, and, and you have a sense that they need to perhaps extend forgiveness first, I don't pray until they pray first. Because if there's ground there for the enemy to kind of mess with them, we want to make sure that they've pulled back all the ground, all the areas of sin. In, in Ephesians, it says the tapos, keep short accounts with sin. Don't give the devil a foothold. And that word in Greek means don't give him a place. And so if there is a place through our unforgiveness or our bitterness or our anger, we want to take back that ground that we have given the enemy so that when then we pray, um, it will actually do what the Father wants to do in that moment, okay? And so sometimes that is what the Father wants to reveal before we even pray for healing. We were one time praying for a woman for her back, and we were were quiet for quite some time, and all of a sudden we got the word forgiveness. And and Ron said, is there someone you you might need to forgive? And he said, oh, probably my husband, you know? And she's like, oh, you know, and uh, it, we said, well, how long have you had this back pain? And he said, she said, oh, about seven years. He said, anything particular happened in that time? And he said, he said, yeah, that's when we got divorced. He was cheating on me. He's such a jerk. And she went, Argh. she was going on and on. And he's like, oh, so it sounds like you are still quite angry and bitter and perhaps need to forgive him. And she was like, oh, do you think that's connected to my back pain? we said, well, you know, it could be, it could be. How much longer are you going to go without forgiving him if, if it is? And so she goes, oh, you're right. All right. And so we led her through a prayer of forgiveness and, and, um, and her back pain went away before we even went back to pray for the back pain. So in that case, it was connected to her unforgiveness. And so there are times when uh, it is important to have the person pray something first. 
Then at the very end, when you finish up with someone, there's post-prayer counseling. God will usually give you a sense as to how to direct the person with what the Lord wants to do. Um, Sometimes uh, scriptures will come to mind or sometimes to help them journal or to a small group that you know is studying on the topic that seemed to be what they were covering uh, or something like that. And so it's really good to give them a direction to go in and to have them go back to the Lord and continue on in their own personal journey of faith and seeking the Lord on their own in their own quiet time. And so um, that's very, very important in the post-prayer counseling. And then we just say what just happened or what didn't happen. And, and it's, it's important for them to be able to, to clarify what they feel like God did. And sometimes, again, it's, it's, it's deeper than what they asked for. And, and so we wanna be willing to go deeper if that's what the Lord is doing in that person. Give godly counsel and hope to them and then be willing to um, send them on their way. Final thoughts, always listen more than you talk. It's really important that you don't, when you ask the person, what do you want Jesus to do, that they don't go rambling, rambling, rambling on with their whole history of their sickness the whole way through. Just a simple statement. What do you want Jesus to do? I want Jesus to touch my eyes, touch my back, something very concise, okay? Um, And then risk more than your comfort zone is willing. Sometimes we call our uncomfortableness the Lord, and it's not. It's just, um, we're, we are awkward, we feel uncomfortable, and so we don't dare to move forward. And so you need to risk a little bit more than your comfort zone is willing. And then value the person, whether they're healed or not. Sometimes the person will, will be very emotional, and so you can ask them, would you like, to, can, would you like us to go to a different room, because you're, you're crying pretty loudly or whatever, and they, they might say, no, this is fine. I've been waiting for this for so long, it doesn't matter. Go for it. And other times people say, yes, I would feel more comfortable. And so you can just take them to another room and continue. The Spirit of God stays with you. It does not like you ruined it if, if you left the room, and he'll just be with you, and so value the person um, and just show them dignity and that you want to honor whatever makes them feel most comfortable to be able to receive what the Lord is doing. So, let's do it. So I'm gonna ask Ron to come up and um, we're gonna ask if there's anyone who would actually be willing to come up and we're gonna demonstrate for you and pray for you. Um, And if we could, um, wait, before you volunteer. Okay. um, We'd really like it to be uh, somebody that has something uh, that's a physical issue that's measurable. Uh, I mean, we'll pray for people that are depressed or whatever, but we want something uh, so that as we're praying, we can kind of say, what's happening? Are you feeling anything? Is there any difference in the leg pain or, or whatever? So, um, so, and we'll pray for everybody. We'll have time for prayer, um, but we want to model this uh, for a person. So, uh, so I saw this gentleman raise his hand. You, come on up if, if you have something that we can measure. So, yeah, have a seat. What's your name? Ben. Hey, Ben. And, uh, and what do you want Jesus to do for you tonight? It's a loaded question. Um, I have, for one, I have, um, both my knees are hurting. Okay. Uh, my lower left back, uh, regarding physically. Um, and um, 
just really have um, a peace and assurance that this is where the Lord is leading me. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So both knees. Yes. And how long have they been hurting? Uh, tore my left ACL um, almost a year and a half ago. And then my back started hurting, uh, I'd say, about a year ago. Lower left back. Anything happening a year ago that brought it on? Moving here. From where? Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Okay. Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. I choose here, but uh, that's all right. I like Rhode Island, too. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask uh, uh, Steve and Trina if you'd come up, too. And, uh, and, but you're all the ministry team tonight. And we're going to pray for Ben. We're going to wait. We're going to listen. We're going to see what the Father gives us. We're kind of going to use, in fact, you might want to just go back to the, to the, uh, the model so that you can see what we're going to do. So obviously we've already interviewed Ben and uh, already we're already inviting Holy Spirit come. We invite you to give us wisdom. And uh, one of the reasons, uh, Ben, you can just close your eyes and relax as we pray for you. But if you remember, Wanda said we want to keep our eyes open. Here's why. Not just because we want to see what God's doing in Ben, but when you're praying with a team, it's helpful to watch one another. And you can communicate with one another uh, if you keep your eyes open. Uh, And you want to avoid closing your eyes and just going into a long prayer because then the people you're praying with can't get a word in edgewise. Okay? So Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come upon your son Ben right now. Come, Spirit of God, rest on him. Lord, we know he asked for prayer for his knee, but um, the word loneliness keeps coming to me. And so, Father, I just pray um, for that pain. Maybe there's been separation. Uh, Maybe there's been a loss of relationship. I ask that you'd bring healing where there's loneliness. Bless him with community, with family. And Ben, I just see a picture of your mind, and as we began, I just wanted to bless you with a sound mind, and then I saw, like, inside your head, and I, it, it's like this blue and silver and white, kind of like a snow globe, and it's, it's like, it's just swirling. And so, right now, Lord, I just bless him with a sound mind. I just pray that he would just be centered by your spirit, that his thoughts... Um, that everything that's swirling around in his mind right now, Lord, would just be, just be held captive by your spirit, that nothing that's in his mind right now could be there without your permission. Lord, just bless him now with a sound mind. I bless your tender heart, and I cut off word curses uh, from people that have spoken things against you and called you names and uh, made you doubt what you were hearing and doubt, doubting what you should do. Mm-hmm. And I bless your very tender heart that is willing to do whatever the Father wants and for you to know that he's pleased with you. Mm-hmm. He's so pleased with you. Now, if you notice, we, we haven't prayed for his knees yet. And it's because as soon as we started praying, the first word I got was loneliness and, and been kind of the Lord's doing something there, isn't he? Okay. And so uh, often we go right for the symptoms, but folks, many times when you pray for the symptoms, you, mo- you miss the root issues of what God is doing. And the symptoms are often uh, just the surface. And so, Father, we just pray that you administer the deep things in bed. Touch him, Lord. 
Touch him, Father. And I heard First um, Peter two sixteen, and in my hearing, um, sometimes it's the sixteen, and sometimes it's verses one through six, and. I just just how it is for me. Sometimes I don't listen well. Um, so I, I think it's First Peter two. I'm going to be reading in verse uh, verse one, and um, I just want to pray this over you. Um, I, I just I bless you with um, anything that is uh, that is just pleasing to God. I just pray that your life would be filled with it. I bless you with um, with a spirit of integrity and honesty. I bless you with such a such a crystal clear character that that as you trust in Christ, you Ben, you will never be disgraced. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps. There's a fear mm-hmm. that you'll be shamed. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fear that of what others are thinking of you and how you're perceived. And so I just, I bless you with a hunger and a thirst for that pure spiritual milk that comes from Holy Spirit and that you will grow into the full experience of your salvation. I bless you with a desire for more. Um, he has more for you. And I, I just want you to know that your, your daddy, God, uh, is proud of you. Amen. He really is. He's, he's proud of you. Yes. And I think you're carrying a, a weight of, of shame and guilt. Guilt is I've done something bad. Shame is I'm a bad person because of it. And um, I, he's setting you free from that. Now, here's verse 16. You are free, yet you are God's slave. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. I bless you with just unbounding freedom to do what pleases God. So Ben, what's going on? What are you seeing or sensing, hearing, feeling? Everything you guys have been praying is uh, spot on. Uh, and are the very things I've been asking and questioning and wondering, is that really the case? You know, but as you guys have said or prayed, um, you hear from the Lord and then you begin to wonder if that's the case. So you ask and some people will tell you otherwise. Um, and I'm, I just have just peace right now and where I am because I'm reassured um, of what, what God is doing. I mean, I don't understand it all, what that looks like, but that's not the point. The point is, give us this day our daily bread today. How's your knee feeling? Are you feeling anything different in your knees? 
I'd have to get on my knees and try. Oh, get on your knees? <laughs> like, bend down. Yeah, do okay, that. go ahead. <laughs> I know I hurt my knee kneeling there. <laughs> How do they feel? Uh, still kind of the same. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I had one, one other picture that I got. Um, we were just waiting, and it was uh, um, what's what's the name of the boat that's out of the water right now? Is it the that? Queen. Oh, Lama Queen. The boat's out of the water right now, and they're doing a bunch of work on it. Um, for the purpose of putting it back in the water. Um, I know it's a weird picture. And I I think maybe God's doing something in you right now where he's just, maybe you feel sidelined. Maybe you feel like um, you're not in what you're supposed to be in. I I don't know. It could be be something you just want to pray about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I sense that maybe there's some healing work, there's some restoration work he's doing in you for a purpose of, of putting you back in the water. Um, so it was just a, we want to talk about a, a word of knowledge or a picture and then a word of wisdom. So I think you just need to pray into many of these things mm-hmm. that um, they're giving you. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, thank I you. Wanna, I want to pray one more thing. Pray one? Can you sit down again? Sorry. Um, I think it's really big that you took the courage to come from the other side of the country to over here. And I don't know if you were running from something to get away from it or if, if, it, if God was just bringing you here to this place to receive healing. But uh, there's something about your, um, your heart that he really loves. And... Um, Again, I mean, Steve and I both prayed it already, but uh, I'm just overwhelmed with how much the Father loves you. Mm. And that, uh, and so I bless you in Jesus' name with the deepening of the Father's love that it can actually go in and it won't just run off you. Run off you. <clears throat> so Father, let your love go in. I ask for more for Ben. I ask for relationships, Lord, that will, will strengthen him as iron sharpens iron. And there's, there's something about your father <clears throat> that the Lord um, is gonna bring healing in that relationship, but that he really, he, he wants you to know he's your father first. And to come to him and receive from him. And strengthen your feeble knees in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I'm a waiter. I could stay here for another whatever, but oh, we'll move on. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, we're going to have you guys um, pray for one another. Let me tell you a story that praying for Ben reminded me of. Um, I was doing a training camp for uh, Adventures in Mission down in Gainesville, Georgia. I had 520-somethings, and um, uh, we were actually at Tacoa Falls College. That's where they were holding the training camp. And I did this teaching, and I asked for a volunteer to come forward for prayer. And this uh, 20-something-year-old girl 
a very beautiful girl, uh, immediately gets up on her crutches and starts coming down the aisle. And I knew she was volunteering. And she had an orthopedic boot on her um, ankle. And she came forward and uh, I said, what do you want Jesus to do for you? She said, well, I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. She said, I'm here on the world race because I'm a professional dancer and I was supposed to be leading the interpretive dance teams and now I tore these ligaments and on the way to this training camp and so I'm not gonna be able to go unless God heals me. And uh, so uh, you know, it turns out that she actually was from Hollywood. She said, if you've seen commercials on TV with dancers, you've probably seen me because I'm, uh, I'm on those commercials. And she was a very beautiful girl. So we start praying for her. And as we start praying, the word that comes to me is marriage. And I said, Lord, she's really pretty, but I'm already married. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, you uh, are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I said, the word marriage keeps coming to me. Are you married? And she looks up and she said, yeah. Uh, my husband's with me. Uh, we're about ready to kill each other. We decided we'd go on this mission trip together and see if that would help. And I said, well, where is he? And all of a sudden, this guy comes running up. And, uh, and we ended up praying for them, and God met them in a deep way in their marriage in front of 500 others. Uh, we ended up, we prayed a little bit for uh, her ankle, uh, but she did not receive any healing in her ankle but God met them deeply uh, in their marriage, uh, in that ministry time, uh, deep healing. The next day, I had to fly back to New York. That night, I got a video, and God had completely healed her during the night. And it was a video of her dancing before the Lord that night in the worship mm -hmm. service. She was completely healed. Amen. And so often, um, we don't see healing right away. I know you came and asked for your knees, and... Uh, but God was doing something in you. He was bringing healing. But don't be discouraged, folks. Keep going. Keep praying. And it's amazing how God will move often uh, after the fact. So, Wanda, you want to direct them and how you want them to pray for each other? I think it would be good if you got in groups of three uh, or have, let's start with the people that want prayer, maybe. People that want prayer, if you want to stand up. Anyone want prayer? There's a gentleman. If you want prayer, just raise your hand. And then people around you go to you, you know, so that they can stand up. If you if see you somebody to. with their hand up, go to them, Yeah. go to them. Ministry team, people, you're all ministry team. So if somebody has their hand up or they're standing, we have a dual response here. Uh, just go to them. So make sure everybody has two or three people with them. I still see some people standing without somebody, so. I'll tell you what, if, if you're standing for prayer, put your hand up until you have people with you. And as soon as you have people with you, then you can put your hand down. Okay, so as long as I see hands up, I'll direct people. I'm not seeing any hands up over here. Oh, well, here's a young middle. lady that needs prayer. Okay. Okay, there's some people with you. You can put your hand down. In the middle there. I see somebody with their hand up back there. There's two people. Okay. There's a gentleman back there if some men would like to go back. <clears throat> yeah, there's a gentleman back in the back if you could get some people with him. 
then back in the back here. Oh, I think they have somebody with her. Okay. All right, now just turn to the person and, and ask them, what do you want Jesus to do for you? And, and then keep your eyes open as you begin to pray and just uh, begin to pray for them and ask the Lord to give you. You might want to wait. Yeah, and keep your prayers short. Don't go into a long intercessory prayer session. Just ask, ask the Holy Spirit to come, wait, and then pray what the Lord gives you. Make sure you bless them. Bless them with love. Bless them with hope. Bless them with peace. Again, as you're listening, remember that the presenting problem, the symptoms may not be the root issue. And so to see if the Lord gives you uh, what the real root issue might be and just pray God's peace on them and God's healing. Okay, and then after you've prayed for a few minutes, make sure you stop and interview them. Say what's happening, what are you feeling, what do you sense God doing? Make sure you stop and, and ask them. The people that are not praying for everyone, you can still get prayer. And they can still practice on you. Because sometimes it takes that little nudge to actually practice it rather than just receive it and then, oh, thank you, and walk away. Sometimes it takes this little bit. So those of you that are sitting, if you would like prayer, it doesn't have to be anything big. But even they can just practice listening and pray for you. That would be good. Anyone else like prayer? You can put up your hand. Anyone? Okay, this woman right here. And over here. Anyone else? This woman in the middle needs, a, needs someone to pray. And back there, did you get someone? Over here, there's another woman. The Lord is here. Take advantage of the, his presence. Someone over here, gentlemen over here that would like prayer. couple of men, would you go to him? Okay, I'm watching some of you. You're reverting to learned behavior. You're bowing your heads and you're closing your eyes. That's very reverent, but it's not really helpful. Uh, so keep your eyes open. Watch. Look at the people you're praying with. Watch the person you're praying for. And, uh, and after a few minutes, ask them what the Lord is doing and then pray again. I'm just getting a, a few words. I'm just going to pray over people. It may be for people that are here. But Father, I ask now for healing for arthritis. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a joint that where there's been a lot of pain. And I think the doctor has diagnosed somebody and said, there's nothing you can do. You're going to have the arthritis in this joint for the rest of your life. Uh, Father, I just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I pray healing to that joint. Uh, it's a, a feeling in my left shoulder so I pray for healing in somebody's left shoulder, Father, that you'd bring healing and grace. I pray for uh, increased movement right now, that the limitation that has been on them would be lifted, and that Jesus, they would have full mobility to glorify you. 
Lord, I pray for diabetes. I pray for the healing of diabetes. I think, um, and, and the damage done by diabetes in your body, I ask for healing for that person that's, uh, their sugar has been out of balance for so long. There's been some damage, and we, we ask now, Jesus, for your healing for not only the diabetes, but also the, the healing to the uh, issues in the organs that have been affected. By the way, if you get a chance, just kind of look around and what the people of God are doing. You guys are praying for one another. This is the way church should be. Uh, it's exciting to see this kind of ministry going on. It blesses me. You know, we want to keep praying, and if there's somebody that needs prayer, tap somebody and say, hey, could you pray for me? But if, if God's touching you, if you've received a touch, why don't you come up here, and uh, Steve has a mic, and we'd like to give some testimonies too. If there's something happening, it's always get good to give God glory. And so uh, if you want to give a testimony, just come on up. Yeah, if you have a sense that you know, God said something to you or spoke to you and you can even raise your hand I will come to you coming up here can be a little bit overwhelming but uh, raise your hand I'll come to you and I'm just to share what maybe something God said to you or you sensed how he met you as you were prayed for those of you who are praying just keep praying but we just want to just share a story Matt what, what, what uh, talk about what God did um, so my wife Jenny and I we attend this church our children have been baptized in this church I asked for prayer and as a father with six children and things and somebody said something about a, someone with a, with a left shoulder issue and put that up. my wife and I both have a serious chronic left shoulder problem. I've gone through surgery. She's in physical therapy and our marriage has struggled for years and we struggle with these, the chronic pain on my you know, work, just in work and things. When he, he said, he said, he's, when he said left shoulder, and uh, it was a Tristan Trent, one of the gentlemen was working on my own, thanks, Steve. He had his hand on my shoulder, and it was like an absolute fire heat <laughs> right into the, right into my left Amen. <laughs> and it was just unbelievable. And I, it was, <sighs> and, 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 you know, and, Jeff was saying, is, is he healed yet? And I was like, I, I don't, if I'm healed, that's a blessing, but I'm not the man who needs the healing. I want my wife's shoulder to feel better. That's the heal I'm praying for right now because I've, I've, I can deal with pain, I guess, not that I want to, but I really, that's, that's what I've been praying for for her is that her left shoulder, and I don't even know if she's, I mean, she's not here. We drove separately and she's got the kids. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm acting in faith in this process that I have a feeling that when I come home, I'm going to ask her some questions about her <laughs> left shoulder. Well, bless you, Matt. Thanks for your courage of coming up. Amen. Anyone else? It doesn't have to be healing. It just can be something the Lord showed you. Tell us your name. Dimitri, I have a cousin though, he's, I don't think he's here. I work with him uh, and he has a kid and his name's Tony and his kid's name, well Tony and he's a year and a half about and last week or 
for the week before that we were working and I'm doing my thing. We do interior remodels and I notice he's gone for a while. I go, go look for him. I go to the van, the work van, and he's sitting there and crying. And I'm thinking, well, what happened? I ask him, he says, my son has a tumor and cancer and, and the, the brain. So he hasn't worked last week. And I just wanted to pray about that. I don't know what's going to happen. It seems like most likely his son's going to die. I think they're in the hospital right now. But, I mean, I do believe that God can heal. And, but I don't know what his plan is. And if anything, if he does die or doesn't, I want to pray at least for his parents. Uh, his name is Alex and Natasha is his wife. And so I just wanted to pray about them. Yeah, what, what's, the, what's the child's name? Uh, Anthony. Or, sorry, Tony. So Tony, okay. Alex and Natasha and Tony. Yeah. So. They have a daughter too. And she's fine. Okay. Okay. Do you want to pray one? Sure. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come upon this family. We ask you to break through in ways that they cannot break through for themselves. Lord, we ask your healing. Lord, we pray that you would remove all fear, all the what-ifs, the things that plague their mind, Lord, about the what-ifs. Pray your peace now in Jesus' name. Let your kingdom come, Father. Let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Any testimonies of what God has done here tonight for you? And what someone prayed for you. I can't believe he didn't do anything, but I know you're shy. It's okay. <laughs> I am shy, but I'm coming. I'll, the ladies that pray for me, um, I'll see if I can talk. Uh, I ask him to pray for fibromyalgia that I get it really bad. And I have um, had double vision for quite a while. And doctors can find anything wrong, um, specialists and all that. But when they prayed, they, um, I did felt the warmth in my body from the bottom um, to my head. And the Lord will answer this prayer, whichever one he wants, or maybe he wants to answer both, I don't know. But... I also did talk about my my son that the Lord has a home with him, um, that I felt guilty about him going to see his Lord, and I didn't get to see him either for several weeks before that, and so I felt so guilty, and I have a younger son that I did not mention to these ladies that pray for me, that he did, he did, um, he was um, accusing me that it was my fault that my son died. And um, I feel guilty about that too because my youngest didn't have a close relationship with my youngest, or with my oldest rather. And so, but he seems to be coming around, but I just keep on praying for him. But uh, 
Anyway, all this to say that I do praise the Lord, and I do know that the Lord is going to answer the prayer when the Lord is ready to answer the prayer. Meantime, I just have to stay faithful and to Him, and and know that He's God and not not me, because I want the prayer answered now. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Anyone else? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can't see what, what's going on, but you can just keep asking them. And you you can't can. if you FaceTime them. Oh, that's true. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then there you, you get go. to say that really cool line, just lay your hand on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to say a word of wisdom, but that, that, that was gone. <laughs> Anyone else? Um, I prayed for my arthritis. I have rheumatoid arthritis, and and um, what they prayed for me was my loneliness and and my feeling of inadequacy in what I'm doing. Mm. And it's really what's been on my heart for many weeks. I, you know, I, my... My desk, I clean my desk by getting a box and shoving everything in it and shoving the box away. That's how I clean my desk. <laughs> um, the only way my bills get paid is I put them on auto pay. But I, I, um, they prayed for what I really needed, not for what I asked for. Hmm. Thank Amen. you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, see, again, it gives you an opportunity to minister to somebody, and the Father does what he's doing in yeah. them. And so uh, when Wanda said at the beginning, it's, it's not about the healing, per se. It's about, a God, it's about God touching people, letting them know he, that he loves them and that they're not alone. Anybody else? Okay, one more. What's your name? My name's Nola. Okay, what happened? I um I suffer from rheumatoid arthritis and um severe depression. And um, when they asked me what I wanted from Jesus, I, that's what I told them. I, I, I want to be healed. And um, so they prayed for me. And, um, but, I, but I noticed that the pain from my left side was gone. And when I uh, took a deep breath, I felt this calmness come over me and so I thought well maybe I should tell him about my kidney (laughs) 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 because a couple weeks ago I went to the doctor and um, 
I found out that I'm having kidney problems and even though my lab work came out and every everything is fine except for my GFR level is low and um, they're not sure why so they want to monitor me for a couple of weeks before they send me to a specialist hmm. and um, but <laughs> I thought well wow my <laughs> Pain is gone. <laughs> oh, so you felt warmth in your kidney and the pain was gone? No, well, the pain just left when I, I took a deep breath and I felt this calmness hmm. and then the pain left. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I have problems walking up steps and just now when I walked up, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Cool. Lord, we just celebrate what you've already done. We ask for complete healing from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, Lord. We seal this. Let the power of Jesus Christ give life to Nola, to her mortal body. We pray for healing for the arthritis, complete and total. Thank you that she could walk up these stairs without pain. We pray for this kidney, that it would be completely healed in Jesus' name. And we look forward, Father, to hearing the testimony of what you're doing in her. The, the presence of the Lord is on you right now. Mm. Feel that? Yes. Yeah. It's okay. He loves you. Yeah. Amen. 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 Can we hold your hand to get down the stairs? Or you got it? I got it. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Cool. Let, let me just say, too, that... Um, you know, Christ is our healer. Mm -hmm. And anytime you start talking about how to pray for people for physical healing, this, this is really hard for us to get our heads around because we live in such a rationalistic, uh, such a, a, you know, A plus B equals C. Everything has to fit through the grid of, of what makes sense to us. Newsflash, God is greater than us. Amen. And what he does is not always going to make sense to us. So I, I just want to speak, maybe a few of you in the room, you're, you're, there's a bit of a skepticism that you're kind of battling. And I want, can I just tell you, that's okay, because I think it's, we all deal with that. Um, and, uh, but I want to just encourage you, that the risks that Wanda was talking about just in praying, I just want to, I just want to exhort you and encourage you to take risks in entrusting uh, a supernatural God um, who operates outside of the naturalistic worldview in which we typically live and think and breathe. Okay? So uh, that's why I love Wanda's training because it's, it's rooted in Scripture. Jesus, when Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing, how did he see what the Father was doing? I think when he was away by himself in those lonely places, early in the morning, late at night, he was listening. I think he fully expected to encounter a lame man by the pool because he saw and he heard. So I just, I just want to just encourage you. Maybe you're dealing with a little bit like, ah, this is really kind of, what's going to happen next? And um, hey, I'm, when God heals, it, it should stretch our thinking. I just feel like I just need to say that. I'll be quiet now. 
And, and I think um, one of the things I love about your church is you guys have faith for salvation. Mm. I mean, the fact that there's roses here and that this, this cross, there's a growing expectancy that people are going to get saved through the ministry of Salem Alliance Church. Mm-hmm. I bless you with a growing expectancy that people are going to get healed Amen. by Jesus. Amen. He's our healer as well as our savior. And so I, I bless you with a growing expectancy that there's going to be healing that flows uh, throughout this congregation. One other little bit of a teaching. Somebody said to me once, um, how do I know if I have the gift of healing? Well, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, you'll notice that gifts of healing is the only one that's in the plural. Uh, Michael Green, who's an English um, evangelical scholar, suggests that the reason that that one gift is in the plural is that the person that has the gift of healing is the one that gets healed. And so, in a sense, we don't have the gift of healing to give away. We receive the gift of healing from the healer, Jesus. So I like to tell people, don't worry about whether or not you have the gift of healing. Jesus is the healer, and we're to distribute the healing gifts that Jesus has. And so when people say, Ron, do you have the gift of healing? I say, no, but Jesus does. And Jesus flows through me to others. And, and that's why I believe everybody should be praying for healing, just as everybody should be sharing their faith. Because Jesus is the Savior, Jesus is the healer. And uh, so let's not lift up anybody but him. And I think he loves that, and he loves to heal people when we lift Jesus up, when we lift him up. So. Do you have a testimony? Bill, I'm Bill Tinsman. Uh, my wife is Karen in the back there. And uh, in 2005, I entered my, I blew, a, I blew a disc in my back, moving a uh, totally uh, invalid wheelchair student for the school district and uh, ended up having a surgery. Um, I have a spinal cord stimulator, which is a fancy way of saying giving my body a buzz inside to replace the pain. However, this last several days and today, I have had a lot of pain and up until, excuse me, Up until a few minutes ago when I walked out the back, I had this on and I turned it off to see how it was. Mm. I walked down without pain. Amen. Now, I don't, I don't know whether it's my faith in God because I know that he's there and I trust him for every breath or if he's done this to bring praise to him, which I would desire, or to teach me that a little faith is great when it's in the hand of the Lord. But I was able to walk down without pain, and uh, whether, I, whether I am pain-free for the rest of my life, praise God, or I hurt tomorrow, it's God who controls my life, and so it's in his hands. But I, I was... I had a hard time getting down here because all of a sudden my heart was beating uh, the way it was at the end of a stress test on a, on a treadmill. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't know what that was like until I stopped walking on the treadmill and all of a sudden I couldn't believe my heart was beating. 
So uh, anyway, we wanted to come down here to learn how to be more effective in prayer. Hmm. And uh, I had no intention of raising my hand. But all this evening, well, today and this evening, I was just hurting. Hmm. I'm not. Amen. Uh, praise God. Hey, pray. Yeah. and pray. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lord, we just want to pray for Bill. Um, we thank you for his faith. He he gave three reasons. Um, I think they're all of them, and uh, I just I bless him yes, with uh, pain that is just gone pain-free body, Amen. and may it not be just tonight. I pray that when Bill wakes up in the morning, the pain is gone, and he can just put that stimulator Ooh. away, and I just ask Almighty God that you would just do a complete and total healing in him. I thank you for his heart, that no matter what happens, he wants to praise you and give you and give you worship, and so I just, I thank you for that, um, and so I just, I just pray, Lord, that you would just give him the great gift of complete and total healing tonight. We bless you because you are the healer. Yes, Lord. Lord, you are you are the one. He, Bill has sat here and stood here and said, "You're the one." And Amen. so tonight we all say, "Yes, Lord, you are the one." Amen. You Amen. make this possible. So we give you praise for touching Bill tonight, for touching Bill tomorrow, this next yes, week, Lord. these months and years ahead. We bless him. Yeah. And Bill, uh, I bless you with sleep tonight, like you've had not had in years. I pray that you would sleep through the night. I pray that your back would give you no pain at all and that you'd be able to give testimony that uh, you slept like a baby. A good baby that sleeps through the night. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Two things that came to mind that uh, I feel kind of fits this moment. Um, the way you get good at it is practice. It's like anything else. You just practice. You just practice. You just practice. And um, one of the two of the phrases that kept coming to me um, is make room for me. Make room for me. And I feel like the Lord is saying that to Salem Alliance. Make room for me. I'm coming. I'm, I'm already here. He, he loves it here. I mean, you, you just come in here. This is only the second time I've ever been here, but he lives here. He loves it when you gather. He gets excited when you, uh, when you come together, all the work that's going on in the clinic and all the ministries of this church in this particular area, which again is a bit of a stretch, but make room for him. Make room for him and he will come. And then the second the second phrase was give yourself to me give yourself to me it's a call to deeper intimacy that as you make room for him and he comes and he does what he wants to do and then he says give yourself to me fully unguarded wholeheartedly no holding back no apology give yourself to me and even that is a risk because, um, because in that there's incredible vulnerability. And again, the, the what ifs start coming, what if I'm wrong, what if he doesn't show up, what if, what if, and, but what if 
that's the best thing you've ever done in your life? What if that's the breakthrough you've been waiting for? What if this is where God is gonna break through for this church in even greater measures? Give yourself to me. And so I just, I kind of leave you with that. Make room for me and give yourself to me. Well, church, I just wanted to say um, this isn't it, okay? Um, There are next moments and next steps for us. I have been sensing um, for a while that God wants to increasingly teach us to be a church who listens, and that out of knowing how to hear his voice, we we will become a place of healing. And so um, we're going to do this again. I don't know when or what that looks like, but we are going to do this again. And so if you want to know what's next, what's next, will you email me? So I have a list of those of you who are saying, I'm hungry to learn how to listen. I'm hungry to pray with and for someone else. I'm hungry to be prayed for. Um, just email me, Laura Share, Share at SalemAlliance.org, or grab me in the lobby, um, and I'll keep you posted. And you can go to the webpage to find me. I'm there as well. Um, also, email me with stories of what's going on Amen. tonight, tomorrow, next week, the way that God is continuing to minister to you, the things that you're hearing, um, as you pray for yourself and for others. Let's keep the stories, the testimonies. Um, that builds our faith. So, Can I share one last story? Yep. And then we'll and I pray. I think this woman wants to oh, testify. Yeah, wants to. yeah, come on up. I'd share my mic, but well, I can't. Three weeks ago, I could hardly move. My husband had to help me get out of bed because of arthritis. And uh, about a week and a half ago, everything has left. And I said to my husband, the Bible, our Bible study's been praying for me. And I I didn't have faith enough to believe that God had really done it Mm -hmm. because I have felt better before. I've been having trouble with arthritis for about six months. And... uh, it would get better, and I think, oh, well, these pills are doing some good, <laughs> and then it would come back. But now it's been about a week and a half, and uh, I've just got to tell you that I think God did it, <laughs> and I think it was my Bible study praying Amen. for me that did it. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Here, let me help you. Amen. Let me tell you one last story, and then we'll pray for you and let you go. And I, I want to tell you this to build your faith that Jesus wants to bring healing, not just in the walls of this church, but out on the street. Amen. Um, when I was pastoring in Reading, I was grocery shopping one Saturday. That's right. I'm a good husband. I was grocery shopping. Yes, same. And I was at a Costco. Okay. Cal works at a Costco. <laughs> Doesn't count to work at shopping. So I'm at Costco. And I'm, uh, I'm in line to pay for the groceries. It's a Saturday afternoon. And there's a couple behind me in line, and they tap me on the shoulder, and they said, excuse me, are, are, are you Ron Walborn? I said, yeah. I said, I'm Ron. And they said, are you the pastor at Rhythm King Community Church? And the name of our church was Risen King. <laughs> but they said, are you the pastor at Rhythm King? And I went, yeah. <laughs> Proving that we didn't have rhythm. <clears throat> and uh, they said, look, we're not Christians, and we don't go to church anywhere. And it was the man speaking, and he said, but my wife has just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And we've heard that your church prays for healing. 
if we come to church tomorrow, will you pray for healing for my wife? And uh, I said, well, yeah, we'll pray for you, but you don't have to come to church to get prayer. You can sleep in tomorrow. <clears throat> and uh, you're thinking, what a terrible pastor you were. <laughs> but here's what I didn't, I didn't want them to think that if they did the religious thing, God would love them. I, I, I wanted them to know God loved them right there. And I said, yeah, you don't have to come to church. We can pray right here. And they said, really? I said, yeah. So we finished paying for our groceries. We're at the end of the line. And I said to this man, I said, look, um, God loves you guys. And Jesus has the power to heal any sickness, any disease this world can throw at us. And so I'm going to lay my hands on your wife's shoulder. Why don't you lay your hand on her shoulder? And we're going to ask Jesus to come and touch her. And as soon as we started to pray, the presence of the Lord just came on this woman. Mm -hmm. Again, non-Christians. But Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come first to the world to convict of sin and to minister the world and prepare them for the, for the hearing of the gospel. And so the presence of the Lord is on this woman. And as we start to pray, all of a sudden, she falls over. Now, again, I didn't prompt it. We didn't push her. She falls over. Her husband and I awkwardly catch her and lay her to the ground. And as we're laying her to the ground, her husband yells, hallelujah. <laughs> and I look at him and I said, I didn't think you went to church. He said, I don't. I watch TV. <laughs> so we're, we're now kneeling at Costco around this woman who's who's out and uh, all of a sudden I look up and I see the manager of Costco his name was Danny Martinez he went to my church and he's putting orange cones around us <laughs> and he's directing traffic and he's like it's alright this is my pastor it's fine it's God it's alright it's alright you know and now people are joining us in Costco a prayer meeting is breaking out in Costco we had like 10 people that joined us in prayer we were down there praying for this woman for 15 minutes okay they came to church the next day. Over the next few weeks, um, they found out her cancer was in remission. She did not have to have surgery. They both came to faith through our Alpha ministry. Six months after this had happened, they came to me and said, Ron, Jesus has done so much for us that we want to give our lives to him. And they sold their business and they went with YWAM to Baja to work with orphans. And that was over 20 years ago. The last I heard when I was back in Reading last year, they were still ministering with YWAM. Mm -hmm. Because here's the point. Healing is not the end. Healing is a means to the end. Because uh, God not only wants to touch our physical bodies, he wants to call us into his service for his glory. And so I believe that God is going to use Salem Alliance to bring healing to broken people, to hurting people, who are then going to become warriors for the king. And that's the goal. And uh, may it be so. So can, can we pray Amen. for you? Would you stand? Amen. As you're standing, just one thing, because um, I want you to pray that over us. Yeah. Um, but we, we give glory to God, but we honor these two for depositing into us. So would you thank these two oh. for serving us tonight? our pleasure. We like you guys. You guys are fun. You actually look like you're saved. You know? <laughs> Let me pray first. Yeah, you pray, you pray first. Go ahead. I'll pray first, then he'll pray. In Jesus' name, 
I bless you with a longing for more of Jesus. For all that he has for you. That you will be a people who loves deeply and loves well everyone who comes across your path. And that you will do what the Father is doing for the sake of his name, for his glory. That all will know how great and mighty our God is. And Salem Alliance, we just say, freely have we received and so freely we give. Whatever he's deposited in us, we now deposit in you. Uh, We pray for prophetic gifts and healing gifts to break out. We pray, Lord, tonight that as they sleep, the dreams they get would come from Jesus. We pray, Father, that you'd give them insight and wisdom and how to capture hearts of people all over this county. Yes, Lord. We pray, Father, again that the roses on the piano would increase and that the the white ribbons would increase and cover that cross. And we pray that the stories and testimonies of the power of Jesus to heal the sick. Yes, Lord. uh, I pray that miraculous healing would break out. Yes, Lord. And that stories of, of how Jesus is alive and well and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray that people would begin to run from the clinic to church and and to the clinic and, and back again. And Lord, I pray that as uh, the people of Salem Alliance go out, that they would carry with them the ministry of Jesus and healing power. Amen. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that Jesus is going to be famous. Amen. We're okay, Lord, with being nameless, faceless people as long as Jesus gets the credit. Amen. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.